1: And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. I get past the fluff to what's real. We go there and it's fun, pretty crazy, and very revealing. Listen to Let's Be Real with Sammy J on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hey, this is Emily. And this is Bridget. And this is Stuff Mom Never Told You. Today, we've got a hot topic that I have been geeking out over. She's so fired up, for y'all. So let me take you back. First, let me tell you this. So I, my very best friend on the planet, who I grew up across the street from, who I've been best pals with since like three years old, um, she surprised me this past holiday season. When I was home for the holidays, we had dinner together and she said, hey, did you see that I started a business? I said, no, I missed that. She... Um, She and I took very different paths after college, and she has just been crushing it on um, a corporate level in terms of, like, rising in the ranks. She just got her business degree. She lives near um, the Connecticut town where we grew up. She's, like, one of those 20-somethings that buys her first house before, like, the age of 25. And I'm one of those people who's, like, renting Fred's (laughs) because I require living in a city where I don't need to own a car. So our lives look very different. And I was surprised to hear that she'd started a business. She started telling me about it. And she, like so many women, is selling Lou LaRoe. Lou LaRoe, if you haven't heard of them yet, they are a multi-level marketing company that sells, is sort of known for their signature, quote, buttery soft leggings, which I'm not going to lie. I have a pair of Ugh. Christine has gifted me a few different items over the, over the years now not even years, months, that she's been doing this. So what happens? What happens when my best gal pal for life tells me that she's involved in a MLM, multi-level marketing company, I get very protective. I get very defensive. And I'm like, what is this thing? And as someone who bootstrapped my own business, I'm very curious about how this works. And so I go home after that break, that holiday break, And Brad's, like, laughing as I'm watching YouTube after YouTube video about LuLaRoe. And there are, like, hundreds of thousands of LuLaRoe distributors on YouTube talking about how to make it and how to do this right and how, you know, why LuLaRoe is a scam and why LuLaRoe is amazing. And there's very, very polarized feelings out there on the interwebs. And I, like, watched countless hours of these testimonial videos and like individual women and I went deeper and deeper into this issue and Brad's like he would like come home and be like are you still watching Lululemon videos <laughs> and it's a little embarrassing but what we want to unpack today is the facts that we found about not just Lululemon but multi-level marketing companies more broadly and they're more sinister Sister kind of structure, cousin. cousin, whatever you might call it, the good old fashioned pyramid scheme. Because as it turns out, some, some facts, some research, and I can't say that this is like fully credible because it's not very public in terms of how they gain their numbers, but some, uh, industry reports have shown that 76% of multi-level marketing, uh, distributors are women. And so I think in this industry, which at, is Banking it, by the way, this is a a larger than you might think industry because they did thirty six billion dollars in revenues wow. in twenty fifteen, according to some industry reports. Um, you know, it's important to understand how it works. Mary Kay, Herbalife, you know, New Skin, whatever these different multi level marketing companies are, how they fit into women's lives and entrepreneurship and whether or not it's a good thing now you might be able to tell already i have some feels about this and i wanted to be valid right i don't want to just i want to support my my best gal pal and i want to champion her and and cheerlead all women bosses out there but i also am very skeptical And let me tell you, the research we did in preparation for this did not leave me feeling less skeptical.
3: Well, I can tell you some personal research I've done on LuLaRoe leggings, which is that I bought a pair of their buttery soft leggings. Tell me
2: how you bought it. Did you buy it on Facebook?
3: Yes, I bought it on Facebook. Because the way that they sell is through weird Facebook groups. And you can't... so. That's why it's such a problem because you can't actually. It's hard to return when you buy something that's defective. It's hard to return it because There's no disclaimer. You don't really know where you bought it from even. Right. Um. So I wore their leggings out. This, you know, out and about in my day. Um. <laughs> Lord knows how long this was the case for. But I sit down on a bench and I realized my whole butt was out oh, and that they had totally ripped down God. the middle like a paper bag. I have so like. My, oh so that means my God. butt was out probably for <laughs> hours throughout the day. I was just walking around at Starbucks with my butt out. <laughs> what the out.
2: hell? Nobody stopped you. Nobody's not me. cool, Nobody DC. said a thing, and it's it wasn't until cool. I sat
3: on a cold bench. And even then, I was like, man, this is a cold bench. And I was oh like, wait, my, my butt showed <laughs> And That's it had scary. been showing
2: for hours. And there are a lot of reports about um LuLaRoe being a little bit defective and having some issues with not making returns easy. Um But I also want to acknowledge, like, Product quality aside, like there are big issues with multi level marketing. Yes. And let's just define our terms here for a second because there is a distinct difference between multi level marketing companies and pyramid schemes. The most obvious difference of which is legality. Pyramid schemes are fully illegal. So it's up to the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, to determine what is and what is not a pyramid scheme. But in recent years, they have not, probably because, like, who has the bandwidth, and maybe they don't have the funding, and maybe they aren't supported by the budget. But they have not taken a very active role in cracking down on any companies that are
3: deemed pyramid schemes. So
2: they, like, have not really done that part of their job. Right, and even the
3: ones that are, like, pretty clearly pyramid schemes, they don't – right they don't actually call them pyramid they schemes and pres- shut them down. Them.
2: Well, I mean, it's interesting because John Oliver did a really great exposé on uh pyramid schemes in the United States, which I highly recommend you watch. Pause this and go watch it right now. It's in the show notes where he unpacks like why pyramid schemes are so detrimental. And here's the thing, right? So a pyramid scheme is and there are some out there. And the, the and some that are out there by the way, my main Beef here that really gets me fired up is the fact that there are, there's like a well known sect of pyramid schemes out there called women helping women or women empowering women. And they're again capitalizing on feminism always in the most awful exploitive way. So, what,
3: so what is women helping women? Like, so what is the company? So has
2: it. And I mean, there isn't a lot out there on the web because it's totally illegal. That you join a lotus circle or a rose circle or some sort of circle. They have a lot of imagery. It's very cult-like in how they prey on people who are somewhat desperate, somewhat without option, somewhat isolated, and are looking for community that is very very much about support and emotional friendship as much as it is about business. And they say, okay, you're in a level one. You're a level one lotus circle member. That means you give $5,000 in cash, or maybe it's $500 in cash, to the women on level two, and you're going to bless them with this. It's sort of like it evokes some of the ways in which the church structure has, what are they called? Tidings or tithing? tithe. Tithe. Yeah. Tithe. Tithe. So it's a hard
3: word to say. Tithe. So it's kind of,
2: it evokes that emotional feeling of like you're paying it forward. And here's why you're paying it forward, because once you're in the circle, then the women who come after you pay you. And it's just cash money, okay? It's like, if you support women, here's how your donation will go to support women.
3: That that makes me so sad because, he, I mean, I'm definitely thinking, as you're describing this to me, who would ever do that? But it's people who are desperate and they don't feel like they have other options. And so in my mind, I'm right. like, who would ever... Well, here's the
2: promise. Here's the promise, right? Because what's in it for me is made very clear to them. They right. say, there's only three levels or there's only five levels. So in just five... You know, rounds of recruitment, which it's your job, by the way, to get your next people to pay you 5k and to join the circle of sisterhood. You know what I mean? They really they really use these psychological tricks around community, sisterhood, feminism, women supporting women to say, here's how it works and like to kind of pressure you in. Right. Once you're in the circle, you move up. And when you move into the circle, 5,000 turns to 10,000, 10,000 turns to 50,000. And then when you're in the middle, your turn is up. You leave the circle and it's done. But guess what happens before anyone gets to the middle? Those women disappear. Like this is full on fraud, total fraud. And the people who lose out are like economically, like, um, not. I don't want to say poor because they've got 5K sticking around, but like. They're vulnerable. They're weak. Sometimes they go into debt for this stuff. This Sometimes awful. it's like, I don't have access to money because my husband is the breadwinner. And right. so this is my way to get that, that's you know, just... F off fund if I need it. Right. So it, it, that is the worst of the worst. And it's, it has to be said that that's full on illegal because a pyramid scheme is defined in by the FTC as a company or organization that doesn't actually have a product or service that right. they're selling.
3: They're not so they're, if they're not selling a thing. They're not selling leggings. Right. They're not slanging leggings. Not slanging leggings. You know, leggings. it's. what I think is so interesting is that even though a pyramid scheme and an ML MLM are different, there's some of the same hallmarks, like that. That For kind sure. of like very not maybe culty is too strong, but that very like totally enticing language that's like really preys on women who who want a certain kind of life, right. and I think that that's what I find. I mean honestly in doing research for this show yeah. I totally got how people would be enticed by some of the language they well, use on these on these pitch sites. Yeah.
2: And you know it's important to say that a lot of these are not women solely focused. Right. Like I think Mary Kay comes to mind as one of the oldest longest standing MLM's um focusing on women and there's a lot of women involved because this has to do with beauty products and um and health products like Herbalife or It Works. Right. But Herbalife like recruits dudes too. Yeah. But because of the bulk of women involved in this industry and I think it's actually having a resurgence right it now. It definitely is. Um the message of feminism is coming in. Like they're using feminism just like some companies are to prey on women who are going to be guilted into helping other women.
3: Yeah, there's a commercial on TV right now for Mary Kay where it's a black woman and oh. and she's singing along to like a Mary Kay uh like song Jingle. parody of the song um I will survive by Gloria Gaynor, which you know was like oh, a feminist M- anthem. G. And it's like, you know, I used to be in an office and I was horrified. Okay. I'm sure you've seen that commercial. That's the
2: thing. So this is part of I think as a entrepreneur i also cringe at because it's saying oh you're one of those lame nine-to-fivers with like benefits and an office job security like come be a driver for uber or lyft like come be you know the gig economy right. which we're going to talk about in another episode but i mean this is saying the cool thing to be right now is a hashtag girl boss so here we go, full circle on girl boss. except this is preying on women to enter pyramid schemes or MLMs that are comparable, too. Now, there are MLM slangers on this podcast, I am sure of it, because there are so many of us. Prove me wrong, ladies. Like, please tell me I am wrong, and please tell me about your success stories, because I, I need some hope after doing, diving into this, because here's the deal. MLMs are legal, or at least haven't been cracked down, many of them, most of them, Because technically speaking, they are providing a retail product or service technically to people outside of the institution. So a pyramid scheme, the only person paying money, the only exchange of goods and services is within the organizational structure. And there's no value going down the pyramid. It's like there's money going up and flowing up or to the inside of the Lotus Circle, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. But there's no value being delivered. Whereas LaRoe and it works, they have products that they're delivering.
3: Right. And so I think a, a distinction that I found really helpful in the research was this idea that if if the only if there's not incentive to sell things to people outside, right, right. the only person buying right. Herbalife is the Herbalife salesperson.
2: But Bridget, it gets more complicated. Uh oh. So the price of membership, the price of. Becoming a licensed distributor or whatever you want to whatever they might call it, the barrier to entry is typically a certain amount of stuff that you have to buy right. from HQ. So so you're an independent distributor, you have to buy X dollars of leggings a month to have the privilege to sell as a distributor. Otherwise, you have to quit. That's Is where this gets much closer to being a pyramid scheme because who's the main consumer? It's other distributors. Right. Now, if that distributor is selling leggings outside of the outside of the company, great. Right. There that is like being a franchise owner. Right. But if the main return on investment for the individual distributor actually comes from the financial incentives that many of these companies give to people for recruiting more distributors, exactly. then that has all the hallmarks of a pyramid scheme.
3: Because I think I think it's like you are then responsible not for selling leggings or jewelry or whatever. You're also responsible for getting other people to right. sell it. Which is to me is like it's like if you work for an organization and the idea that like part of your job would be to recruit others to also work for that organization. That would be that would feel really weird. Well it's
2: weird though because that's happening. So I've seen that happen at very many legit companies, too. Uh So, I mean, I have to sort of play devil's advocate here because... It's a very competitive talent market right now, Mm. especially in the high tech space, especially with a skilled labor force. So I've seen lots of legit companies say you get $500 cash when you recruit a a talent. Right. So I think it's
3: fine to have it, have it be incentivized, but have it, to have it, to bake it into part of, unless you're a recruiter, to have it be in part of the business model, I think sounds absurd to me. Or that would be like a huge weird red flag to me of like, it's part of my job. That I have to like bring a friend into this organization. Yeah. Like that to me sounds like it would be really red flaggy. Yeah.
2: And I don't even like the referral fees that are in the coaching world and right. in that like I stay away from that.
3: Cause stuff, that, but, but that know? makes more sense to me where it's like yeah. if you refer someone, you get X amount of money. Yeah.
2: I don't know. But you're not like employed by the company. Right. And it's, yeah. So the thing that's really troubling about that setup, where this gets troubling is when, when distributors make a percentage off of what the distributors that they brought in, make. Does that make sense? Did yeah, I just, did I just that makes talk sense. But like part of your profit is if the bigger you grow your team below you, the more money that you're bringing in, regardless of how much they're making. So there are some people who are in early. This is the trick with with It Works, Herbalife, um, Lula Rowe. The women who were in early did make some money, right. like are probably still making some money. And the, the later you enter the scheme or the later you're entering the MLM, the further down on the sort of pyramid one might say oh. that you are the less likelihood that you are to turn a profit. So it becomes this if you you've seen this ladies on your on your Facebook all the distributors and I've got a lot of them in my network. Like I'm not trying to throw shade here because there's no shame in the side hustle game and there's no shame in wanting to bring in some extra revenue. Totally like get
3: your money. Right,
2: get your money, but when you're seeing You know, hey moms, do you want to make a little extra coin without having to leave your kid? You know, do you want to? If I could, if I told you that I had an opportunity for you where you could bring in five hundred, you know, one thousand, five thousand dollars a month without leaving your
3: kitchen table, wouldn't you jump at that? But I mean, that's what I—that's what I find so infuriating about this is that one. That of course that sounds too good to be true, right? That old saying, okay, if it's if it sounds too good to be true, it probably probably is. is. And then too, it's the way they prey on people who, you know, for whom working at a nine to five going to an office every day would be a bad thing. But yeah, but for people like stay-at-home moms, where that would be people who have kids, that would be difficult. It's difficult to arrange, you know, to go out and do, you know, work in an office or work in a store every day. But selling people who already have somewhat more limited options, this perfect thing that's going to allow them to like take their finances into their own hands and be independent women and also not leave their kids. That sounds amazing. Right. But But, it
2: also capitalizes on a little bit of desperation. Exactly. And disagree with me. I'm interested in, in those who want to prove me wrong. And I really, really genuinely want to get to the root of this. but. The, some of the, um, research that John Oliver's brilliant journalistic team pulled out really stuck with me. They looked into the income statements that were published by New Skin Enterprises, which is one of these MLMs. And what they, what they cited in that John Oliver segment was that 93% of distributors made no money at all. 93%. And this is a legal multi-level marketing situation. This is not a, a illegal pyramid scheme. But the question is are the rewards really there for the majority of people who work for your company? Are 93% of the people working for you don't make any money? Like like how is that not a
3: I mean right. it, I don't want to call it a scam, but it's totally a scam. It's a scam. <laughs> like I like I don't I'm How do you really feel, Bridget? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to hold back because I don't want to be like, well, that sounds like an outright scam. But like, how, like when you, when you see those figures of how many people are making nothing, that's absurd to me. And then there's, there are the exceptional cases that are
2: very persuasive. You know, I talked to my friend, my best pal from home, and I said, how, you know, what brought you into this? She's an accountant. She's a smart woman. And I'm not saying that anyone who's in this is not. Oh, no, smart. Is not totally with it. Is not. Eyes are wide open for these distributors. And I said to her, I said, tell me why this is legit. I thought this was kind of a scam. And she says, well, my cousin's making bank doing it.
3: And see, that's what I think is I feel anecdotal like everyone evidence. Everyone can point to someone else of being like, oh, well, my, my sister's, my right. sister's friend is doing great. Like she, right. you know, right. it's like, it's so anecdotal and it's like those, Anecdotal case studies are the ones that really. So you can see, you can read a million articles about how people are getting scammed, I've not making them on any YouTube, money. Y'all.
2: And then, and then what it turns into is shame. Ugh. So if you're not making money, there's something wrong with you, you right? Know what I mean? and that pressure, that shame, is what I mean. There's just so many things about this that feels like it's like these models are preying on women who are desperate to enter the workforce that does not allow them to because of our backwards laws in this country about making it so hard for working women or, or low-income women to even find the sort of affordable child care that they need to be an active member of our economy or have parental leave policies. Like, it's so easy to see how this actually impacts low-income women.
3: Totally. And I think, like like, in doing research for this episode, we watched this clip of a woman who opened her garage, and it was boxes and boxes and boxes of unsold Mary Kay. And something about that image just stuck with me of, like, How shameful that must be. And then when you're always hearing these anecdotes about someone's sister who, you know, made bank, it's like how that would become this. I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing it wrong. You can really like internalize it and turn that turn those feelings inward and then, like, not want to tell anybody. And, like, it seems like a lot of these companies really incentivize staying in even once you know it's a bad idea. So even once you have a garage full of Mary Kay that's unsold, they make it financially difficult to get out. And I bet I could see how it's pretty easy for it to just be this, like, shameful thing that you can't get out of.
2: Yeah, until you run out of money. Okay, so let's take a quick break so we can cool down a little bit. And then... (laughs) I want to also address when we come back how good people get into MLMs and why it's not, you know, why it might be an empowering path for some and and look at how to gauge your options wisely. So we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors.
0: Okay.
1: So you'll want to enjoy your Good Girls experience in a spoiler-free zone. The
0: all-new, all-hilarious season of Good Girls, Sundays on NBC and stream anytime.
2: And we're back. And we're talking through the intricacies, the complications of, and the potential um, fast renaissance and rise, but also perhaps demise of the MLM and or pyramid scheme space right now. So I want to put ourselves, Bridget, in the shoes of my friend, my bestie for life, who said, this is an option for me, who said, I'm going in with this eyes wide open. You know, I am, she is not in a financially desperate position. She does not have children. And she joined this as a way to explore supplementary income. And there is a case to be made. And, you know, there are a few articles out there. This one perhaps in Forbes by Robert Laura who says, you know, would you join a multi-level marketing company for retirement income? Would you do this for a little extra cash on the side if if the side hustle is very much an option for you and not I need to pay my rent with my MLM income? And I think there's a case to be made for some people that that's not a terrible option because the risks – outweigh the rewards. Right. Or the, and, the rewards are fine. Like, they can handle the risk.
3: And honestly, like, I know, I know Emily's mentioned this before, but I really would love to hear the stories of, of women out there who are, you know, like, oh, I made my retirement savings. Or I, it. you know, yeah. I, I, this has been great for me. Like, right. I want to know how, what that looks like. Right. What a success with selling Lulu Row look like?
2: Yeah. Because those stories are few and far between, the, the the research and the journalism on this. But I did, you know, again to cite that John Oliver segment, I did find that a lot of women who get into this have to make a really tough choice, and that choice is, I'm not winning at this game unless I bring others that I love, like my friends, my network, my church, my friend, my family, my my community into this with me. That is the avenue to success. Am I willing? To sell them on what is not working for me Ugh. in order to make it work for me. And then what ends up happening is people are like breaking friendships over this. People are like not talking to family after this because if you're winning, it might mean that someone else below you is losing. Is losing.
3: Um, that's so interesting. And there's this art, there's this website called pinktruth.com, which mm-hmm. is basically an open forum for women who sell Mary Kay uh-huh. to talk about their experiences, to share, you know, to basically Share the truth about it. And one of the things I found so interesting is that someone on this website says that Mary Kay understands that getting husbands to buy into the idea of Mary Kay, um when their wife is pretty much guaranteed to lose money, is key. So they actually have this letter that's like that. It's like a form letter that you would for women bet- to say print out and give to their to give to their husbands, where it's like, wow. thank you so much for sharing white like your name here with with us as she goes on this journey to like help improve women's skincare and self esteem, and it's like. That, it's so interesting to me how yeah. selling your friends and family, even if you're not selling them on like the joining product. a company yeah. with you or the product, selling them that this is gonna be a good move. Is like baked you know into the that to the program. You know why they have to do that? Why's that? It's because so many people like us are like, this is don't do BS, it, man. Because they know as soon yeah. as you, your friend probably knew as soon as, you, as she was like, she did I'm selling LulaRo that you, that you were going to be like judging. Are you? And you're you're
2: like this is my bestie. I don't want to be judgy. Right. I want to be curious and I want to be a geek and I do my homework. So
3: and I'm going to watch ten YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, of like
2: ten? <laughs> come on, ten hours of YouTube videos. <laughs> So I'm I'm unfortunately like most of the news is not good on these things. And there's an element to this that is especially troubling in my opinion because it actually it borders not just on cultiness, it borders on capitalizing on people's spiritual belief in their ability to succeed.
3: Definitely. So the founders of Lulero are Mormons and so something that I found that was very interesting in this um research is that a lot of for a lot of Mormon women Mormon women are a lot less likely to work outside of the home so I was reading in this specific standard article um it says the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints often encourages mothers to stay home with their children and as a result Mormon women are less likely to work from home than your average than their average American counterparts Mormon women are more likely to to work part-time and more likely to identify themselves as housewives. And so you could really see how, if you are a Mormon woman, um, you are more likely to be a housewife, a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. that this kind of work that really allows you to stay in your house and not leave your kids would right. be very, very um, appealing. appealing. It's
2: less shameful than saying, I'm I'm... You know, poor me, I have to go to work every day.
3: Totally. And it actually says here in Christianity Today that MLM's are regarded by conservative Christians as more a more honorable option for women than normal part-part-time ter- or full-time work. Wow. And so basically like if you were going to work in a bank or a clothing store at the mall, somehow that is seen as Less kind of embarrassing,
2: like maybe your husband doesn't make enough money to take care of you.
3: But if you're doing an MLM from home, somehow that's, yeah, that's more, that's more okay.
2: Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot baked into this around shame and women's, you know, ideal roles, either in the home or outside of the home. Um, and I think what's interesting is these MLMs and also pyramid schemes like women helping women really
3: like, rely on selling you on the community totally. like that that bore out in the research uh-huh. so much where like you've had these women who were either stay at home moms or they were moving across the country for um you know, school or other kinds of programs yeah. where they felt like they didn't have that sort of like woman bonding community. And as you know from an earlier episode, Friends are important. Like you right. have to have friends <laughs> yeah. in your life. Like that is a proven thing that helps yeah, us psychologically you know, live our lives. Right. And so they basically got involved in these in MLMs because it gave them that outlet right. for you know adult interaction that right. they weren't getting otherwise. Like you know if you well
2: you know where else you get that typically is in your organized religion. Right. So I think that's one of the huge hallmarks of organized religion in this country, especially as. Many different churches and synagogues and organized religion communities are, you know, having trouble with recruitment yeah. into, like, with the millennial generation in particular. This is filling the void. This is stepping so in as an alternative, but it's doing so with the same tools and tactics all the way up to tithing, right? Like, it's the same exact model. Um, and, and followed through with the spiritual component of you have to believe it to see it or to be it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the YouTube testimonials and man, I fell down a rabbit hole that I'm not proud of. Like, I mean, spent like all night, one night watching, there were women who are crying on their YouTube videos because they are communicating on YouTube. They're like, they're talking to one another and finding support in the YouTube community saying, I know that I can do this. I know that I have what it takes. I know that I have to put in my time and build my network, but I'm just, you know, I'm failing. And this shame of warehousing or garage status, as John Oliver's piece sort of pointed to women who have, you know, are literally stockpiling warehousing in their houses. They feel like they're just not believing in themselves enough, or that's what they're being taught by some
3: people. And I think you hit it right on the head where you kind of identify that, these are the same hallmarks of organized religion: it is. guilt. You know, when you, when you look at that's <laughs> when clearly I think of, we are a little biased. I on went to this Catholic one. school, so when I think of organized okay. religion, the first thing that comes up in my guilt. head is guilt. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, when you even look at the the you know rhetoric of their pitches, it's so it it reminds me so much of reading like mm-hmm. you know Bible study right. quotes where it's like on the one hand very inspiring, like this can change your life. You, can, you like, can pay
2: off debt. You can empower women, and you can be your own boss. You can live for me. There's this awesome article that I highly recommend reading to for the geeks out there like me who are just like, you know, dying to know everything about this industry. I thought there was a very level-handed case made in Christianity today. Um, about 31, what's it called? 31 gifts.
3: 31 gifts.
2: 31 gifts is like a purse ish company that brought in 643 million last year, which is more than Vera Bradley. Okay. Like these are big companies, bigger than household names. And the article is called the divine rise of multi-level marketing. And they, you know, there's two reporters with bylines here. Kate Shalnut, Hannah Anderson, really take a deep look at how these are nothing to scoff at. Like, these are companies who are killing it and it's coming to a church near you. Oh. They talk about how Christian women in particular, um, that network through your church has <sighs> become instrumental for
3: distributors. That makes me want to throw up. I that, I mean, I just feel like it's really taking this thing that, like, should be a sacred mm-hmm. network that you have and being like, oh, here's how you can monetize that network Monetizing. and sell and sell like, and it's like, yeah. I think about the church that I grew up in where it's like so many sweet little old ladies who no. like, if I came to them and was like, can you buy this thing? They would totally would do it. Like, like Girl Scout cookies. Exactly. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I just think like that, like it's, it's, it's in my mind, it's perverting something that I think should be very, very pure. Very pure and mean, that like, not that that's the only way that
2: those pure things. Totally, 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 but, totally. Yeah. And I think. It's also in this great article for Christianity Today, they talked about how this is spoiling the relationships of many people who are in the same religious group. So this this can have negative consequences beyond financial risk. It can have negative consequences when it comes to your individual relationship. So it's not good, ladies. Like I am not convinced and I am open-minded. I swear to you, I really want to hear both sides of this argument. But when I'm looking out there for credible journalistic sources, there's – Almost no one, other than the occasional, um, occasional like self published medium post about why this is a good thing. So, when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about how to keep your eyes wide open when you're approached with an opportunity to pay off debt and be your own boss and empower women and change your life and change your life. That could be so, it's, it's too good to be true. And in fact, that is what we are saying. So, we'll
0: be right back in just a second.
3: No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. So I know that we've just spent a lot of time raining on the MLM parade, but we wanted to also give some advice for folks who do want to have a side hustle because there's nothing wrong with wanting to make, you know, extra money or wanting to have an outlet. You know, that's a good thing. Like, we don't want to, you know, trash that. That's great. So one thing that I cannot, cannot, cannot stress enough is be cautious with your side hustle, right? Like do your due diligence. Google, YouTube, check out the Better Business Bureau, right? Like get a good sampling of stories and people's experiences with whatever organization you're about to do, just like anything else, right? Like uh, which I recommend all job seekers to yeah, do. Yeah, like do talk any... to former employees, talk to current employees, totally. And like. You know, don't just rely on the person that's like trying to bring you in to be forthright with you about what the vibe is on this situation.
2: And I think at the same time that we're railing against these companies, we also want to make it clear that we are not railing against the women who are in the thick of it and who are trying to recruit. Because we get it. You're dealing with a tough financial choice, and that is the avenue to success in MLMs and pyramid schemes. And so... You know, I have a lot of, I think my, my personal feelings towards women in these feeling like in these, um, structures is more one of empathy and Mm. like, man, I'm sorry that this is what you're trying to hawk right now. I'm not going to buy. Sorry. How can I help otherwise?
3: How can you, we get you a job that's that's different? It's like, uh, hate the, don't hate the player, hate Hate the the game. game. Right. Like, don't hate the, like women who are doing this, right. Like, we get it.
2: We get it. Just but- like everybody's different from their job title. I know that's hard to remember in America. Like, you are not your job. Right. Like, Shout out to the women who are in MLMs or who have gotten out of MLMs or are thinking about getting into MLMs. I think you are worthy of, like, love and belonging and connection and support and a living wage without being a part of an MLM. That's totally. just my philosophy there. And then the other thing to keep in mind is that they're not all created equal. Not all MLMs are pyramid schemes. Not all... Pyramid schemes. All pyramid schemes are illegal. So they're not all as restrictive as one another. So look into Lula very rapidly changing policies on returns. Like, how much money will you get back if you stockpile and need to get out? Like, what is the actual amount of risk that you're taking on? Some are more like a traditional franchise model, like selling a Subway sandwich and paying subway headquarters for the napkins every month that you need to have because they only let you have their expensive napkins.
3: Also, just an FYI, if you're going to wear those leggings, be sure to wear full butt underwear if you're going to be in public. <laughs> That's just a little PSA from me. Uh, like, Just be sure you that you're... What's,
2: you know what? It's freaking me out because I think one of the things I stumbled upon while I was doing my LaRoe research was a podcast in which they were literally having the same conversation. The leggings? The leggings, like, <laughs> exposing someone's ass. Like, it was all out full, full booty. Listen, I'm not the only one this has happened No! To like, Google it! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, we could do a whole episode on leggings. We could. Omg,
3: doing it. Yes. Happening. So um, yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, just another like in addition to the leggings and underwear thing. You know, if it's too good to be true, it probably is, right? Like, if someone is selling you this idea that you can work from home, make your own schedule, be your own boss, pay off all your debt, pay off your student loans, become rich, like all of these things. That should send a red flag up that you should do some research because if again if 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 that was true wouldn't everybody be doing it so right. just keep that in mind
2: and you know that advice reminds me of actually Warren Buffett of all people who's like probably so far from Lululemon on the business spectrum uh that it's comical but you know Warren Buffett is this prolific investor and he had some great advice for investing he said if I don't understand how a company makes money I don't invest in it so if it sounds too good to be true if they're just manufacturing cash money out of thin air and it's not clear where the value is going and who the customer base is other than other distributors be like Warren and be cautious right be con- be be skeptical it's a healthy amount of skepticism and if you are skeptical, With other distributors and they start, you know, gaslighting you and making you feel like an idiot, making you feel like you're bad. Huge red flag. Like, don't let that shame-based pressure pressure you into joining any one of these. So I think macro-level solution, once again, which I think we find ourselves saying very often here, B, is that what women really need to be successful economically are policies that protect women. Things like equal pay for equal work. totally, Things like... Paid parental leave policies so that men and women can have kids without sacrificing their entire career trajectories, and flexible work for all, like including shift workers, including workers at minimum wage. Like flexibility matters for men and women who want to find a healthy amount of work life balance without you know having to to hawk leggings
3: to slang leggings. Totally, and I think like for me, if we had better workplace policies and, and sort of better pay all like for women, people wouldn't feel like they had to do this. Right.
2: Yeah. I feel yeah, I I could not agree more. And I I hope that our listeners and our fan base know that like this is a safe space. Venti's community is a safe space for you to be candid with us about, you know, where we what we're overlooking here. And um if this if an MLM has been a vehicle for you to empowerment and financial freedom. I want to really, genuinely, we want to hear from you. Um, so don't forget that you know we are listening on Twitter at MomStuff Podcast. We are excited to get your emails telling us about your experience with with MLMs or pyramid schemes, good, bad, and ugly. Um, at MomStuff at HowStuffWorks dot So I think I think we did MLMs justice. Did I think you, so. You think so? I hope so. I think we. Maybe not justice. Maybe that's not the right (laughs) word. We brought them to
3: justice.
2: (laughs) All right, ladies, we can't wait to hear from you soon. So get in touch and uh, we'll be back in your earbuds soon.
1: So here's something that some of you might find shocking. 95%